This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast is sponsored by Brewskits, handcrafted dog treats made from spent beer grains, oats, barley, and rye. No chemical preservatives, a great source of fiber, and packed with protein. Visit brewskits.com to see the full selection of treats for your dog and your cat. Receive 15% off your first order by typing in two important words, Fermented Adventure, at checkout. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. We're here at PA Libations. He's Art Etchels. I'm Rich Shane. Dawn Ranieri's here. And we're going to talk about so many things, Art. I am exuberant to talk to you. And one of the reasons why is because... When we've done podcast interviews, either right. offline or online, your name pops up. It's like you're a Philadelphia area legend. And people say, you need to talk to Art. You need to talk to Art. And we've been trying to work some things out. Right. And one of the conversations that we were working on having at the time within the last six months was really how COVID has affected the restaurant bar bartender server industry and but there's so much you could talk about yes and I have no idea where things are going to go but the exciting part also is PA libations right is coming to Philadelphia absolutely and for those people let's start there for those people that don't know what PA libations is and okay. it's new if you're not in Pittsburgh, Talk about PA Libations. Sure. So Pennsylvania Libations is out of Pittsburgh. Uh, it is a concept that uh, taking, you know, the way I usually describe it is that Pennsylvania is a very weird place to try to buy alcohol in any form. Uh, but the the other thing the state has always been really good at is taking care of it, its agricultural producers. Uh, so once upon a time. The Pennsylvania wineries went to Harrisburg and went, hey, we want to be able to sell directly to people. We're out here in the hinterlands. We're in Erie or beyond Erie. Like, I guess that exists. And uh, I think we want to beyond come to Erie is Cleveland. I thought so, too. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, it, the hinterlands are the, uh, the, there's some words, and, like, there's places in Pennsylvania I'm learning about. I'm like, I had no idea. But, uh, so they've been out there and they they successfully petitioned the state to do is allow them to open satellite locations where people are in cities. Uh, so then once uh, distilleries and, and craft brewing really took off, they those guys went back to Harrisburg and went, hey, we want the same opportunity in cideries as well. And the state, to its credit, gave all these 
Pennsylvania producers, agricultural processors, the ability to do that. Uh, and also let them sell direct at farmers markets and do a lot of very interesting things that really made Pennsylvania at the forefront of giving opportunity to its producers. Uh, so that's a long way of saying there's some loopholes out there. And one of them is uh, the ability to sell direct to the public. And that is what Pennsylvania Libations is taking advantage of. It is uh, Christian Simmons started about four years ago, and he basically took a bunch of these satellite licenses that the producers had and put them under a single roof and became like a management company for them. So can do all the selling and uh, created the first liquor store in Pennsylvania that was privately owned, not run by the state, since before Prohibition. So that's what the really neat, cool idea is. Uh, he then opened a, a wine tasting room, similar concept, with just the Pennsylvania winemakers, and uh, then tied that into another satellite location of a, of, a, of a brewery. And so that's like now an event space up there. And so now these you know, like that would be enough for a normal person to be handling, and then they decided, well, let's go check out Philadelphia, and uh, you know, wound up here at the Reading Terminal. Uh, I got a connection to to him, and like after having watched his business from even before he opened his first stores, and being really intrigued by it, and hoping it would happen, and wondering if. At some point, somebody was going to go, no, that's a terrible idea. We're not going to let you do that. And, you know, seeing it work. And so I was very excited to be part of it coming to Philadelphia. How was it chosen that the Reading Terminal Market was the location for here? We're in the heart. I mean, we're in the heart of the city. Sure. And the Reading Terminal Market, for those that are out of Philadelphia or out of Pennsylvania... Um, the Reading Terminal Market is this historical, well-known place where you can get things like, you know, pork sandwiches and Cajun food and bakeries and Amish-style foods and anything you want if you're hungry is here. And now PA Libations here, Pennsylvania Libations, but you're in the heart of the city. How did this location come to be? Well, uh, if I think it came out from the uh, from where they are in Pittsburgh. It's the the Strip District is the neighborhood. It's kind of if you're East Coast Philly. Uh, guy like myself, I would refer to it kind of the, as it looks like the Italian market. You know, it's got a lot of tourism and people going through it, and it's just, but it has a real like young vivaciousness to it as well. And you know, like then coming back to Philadelphia and thinking like, where could you do that kind of thing? Where is there enough foot traffic to make this work? Red Eternal Market is is the natural place for all that. So, uh, and also in. The Reading Terminal Market has played around with having like wineries in the past, and then did something called the Poor Collective, which was a collection of uh, wineries, distilleries, and a cidery all working independently of each other, but in the same space. But what this concept in Pennsylvania Libations lets you do is now we are overseeing that so you don't have to have eight employees you can have a couple and sell everything so from your experience right now i mean you're stocking the shelves right there's going to be a soft opening maybe in a week i guess oh, yeah. as you start to put stuff together yeah what can people expect when they come to the terminal market and they come to pa libations for, for those that haven't visited the strip district and haven't met christian and his staff what would people expect about the experience? Well, I would say if you've ever been to a Pennsylvania State store, it's not that. 
It's exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, it's just, it's like, just that. like that. It's yeah. not like it that. It's not like that. No, that, that is the uh, the exact opposite. Like, like one of one of my thoughts, like way back, and uh, I've always believed is if you have something and it truly is, and you know, I, it's not like I came up with this, but if you have a business idea and it's the exact opposite of your competition and it still makes sense, then it's a really good idea. Uh, and that's what this is. Like, you're going to come in here. You're going to be offered. Uh, inter- like welcome by staff that knows all the products here is, are going to want you to try the product and add it themselves not while they're working but you know in educating themselves of course and you can be able to have a tasting uh, it'll be a nominal fee but of course if you buy a bottle we'll waive that fee it goes into that uh, so we can give you some opportunities to try things out to know who made it because they are our own Pennsylvania products so we'll be having producers, distillers, winemakers coming in here. They will be able to sell direct, like to enhance the, the experience with their expertise and also we'll be able to glean a little bit more information from them every time and become even better versed in all of the products. So, so you and your staff are really going to become ambassadors for yeah. each individual, whether it's a cidery, a distillery, a winery, whatever you're going to be serving here, you're going to be an ambassador sure. for that local Pennsylvania-run business. Now, you mentioned there'll be tastings. If if I see a bottle, let's say, of the Maggie's Farm rum, and you have, I see on the shelf there's three different ones, and Maggie's Farm is out of Pittsburgh, right? am I able to say, hey, do you have all those bottles for tasting or just one open? And how does that work? That's going to be like, uh, in Pittsburgh, they have all, everything is available for tasting. Uh, I think we'll probably get to that point, but we... We might try to guide you in a certain direction. There's just a, the amount of space. Uh, it's a little bit more than 700 square feet, which it doesn't sound very big, but in the, I mean, in the uh, Redding Terminal, that's big. That's big space. Uh, so we'll see how we can manage that. Uh, you know, there's. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, a Mike Tyson quote, which is, you know, we, we all have our plans, and you, all, you have a plan until you get punched in the face. I was going to say, every, everybody has a plan. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, you know, when, once we open the doors and we figure out what works, we'll stick with that. And what doesn't, we'll, we'll, we'll reassess. But we do have a, a blueprint that works in, in uh, Pittsburgh. So we're, you know, looking forward to executing that. Because you talk about, hey, if I go into a PA state store and I see seven different vodkas on the shelf, right. maybe some I've never heard of. And I'm like, well, I want to buy a bottle. Mm-hmm. But the distinction, I know vodka may be a bad example, right. but... Craft vodkas do have character, they do have flavor, they are somewhat different, and in a way, if I want to be able to, in my mind, I'm either going to make a cocktail out of this, I want something neat, I want to do something just over ice, because craft is a, a, a certainly a better quality, too, Right. I can now taste them, where yeah. if I go to the PA State Store, they're like... Which one you want? Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. one so. for fourteen ninety nine, and there's one for eighty two ninety nine. Which one do you want? Right. And I, I think that's 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 why for what you're doing here, introducing these craft distilleries or the craft businesses to the consumer is going to be so advantageous. Oh yeah. And now I can say I, I may not have been able to get to or not have been to Thistlefinch in Lancaster, right. but 
now I can try some of the products. Yeah. Now I can introduce and say, this is now a new favorite, where I may not have found them on the PA state store shelves. Because the limitations to that are sure. how much you have to supply to the state for them to distribute your product. Yeah, yeah. And, and the state, to their credit, has done some really nice things for, for PA producers as well. They, there is a, a, a uh, like basically a starting program where you just sell you bring the product to them and you get to get it on shelves and uh, for a lot of places that that's enough because they're just not that big yet uh, but you know yeah we, we're going to turbocharge that ability to promote Pennsylvania brands and, and really showcase the stories of everybody that we that we carry and it's a it's a great story it's uh you know, it's something that I've been enjoying telling throughout my career, and I'm looking forward to doing it with the elevation. All right, since you opened the door, okay. As I said, everybody that I seem to come across knows who you are. Talk about talk about who you know, what your experience has been, and really what you have done to be introduced to where you are now. Sure. Sure, and well, take take as many hours as you okay, want because there's right, a lot yeah. to talk about. There really is. Yeah, well, it, you're a fascinating guy. Okay, you all are. Right. It's a weird thing to be told, but I. <laughs> uh, it all starts um, with uh, that I play hockey, and uh, so I, I didn't was, expect. Yeah, you didn't I, expect it all that. starts with number one, right? Okay. So, which is a bad mixed metaphor now that we're talking hockey. But so the, the first thing that happened was I was uh, I. I was on this hockey team. I started a, a blog for our team. You know, it was a, a target audience of 15 people. But it was then all of a sudden our friends that were on a different team in the league were starting to, like, comment on posts and things. And and then, you know, the other teams in the league and their friends would. And all of a sudden I, my target audience of 15 is now getting, like, five 600 people a day are coming to the site. I'm like, this is really weird. And... I don't know how this has happened, but the season was coming to an end, and I was thinking, you know, it's a great bunch of guys who are just getting in the craft beard. It's probably like 2005 or six, somewhere around there, and I'm like, we, I should, you know, we want to stick together with this this group. Uh, I'm gonna like post to a link to a website that has all the beer events for the summer. And I couldn't find that website. And then I got my that kind of annoyed me. And uh, my car was in the shop, and I was I had a, a software testing job out in the burbs, and I was going on the bus, and I'm reading the Metro, and there was like a little blurb. It was like back then, like if you went to the early seating, it was only you know seventy five dollars instead of like one hundred and twenty. I'm like, well, if I ever have a date, I should I should definitely remember that. Where can I put that? I'll remember it and. It clicked in my head. I'm going to put it on that same blog I'm going to start that has all the beer events. And I thought, that actually isn't a bad idea. And But being in the tech industry, I was also thinking, if it was a good idea, somebody would be already doing it. So I kept looking for it. And I'm like, why doesn't this exist? And then finally added, like, food blog in New York and realized that, yes, this was happening. These food blogs were a thing, but they weren't happening in Philadelphia yet. And for once in my life, I was actually a little bit ahead of the curve, and I started FUBU's. That was my my blog, and uh, yeah, you know, it started as a a passion project that then became a, a legit hobby, and then side project. Then it was the thing I was doing instead of my real job, and uh, you know, just trying to keep that all going, uh, using the royal we often and, and frequently, and and acting like I was a little bit bigger than I was and then 
you know, press people are starting inviting me to openings and things. And so what, take us back, because you talked about, you know, starting into craft beer, you yep. started into the hockey blog and all those yeah. things. What year are we talking now where... So that's like, Boo Boo's is really starting to take off in the city. Right, so that's like, uh, you know, 2015, 16... Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2005 or six, I should say. Yeah, so it's still a long time ago. Uh, so it, it, it was when blogging was a big deal, though. You know, everybody was starting a blog. Now we all have our podcast. Now, right? You I know, hear you. Right? I hear you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so blogging was a thing, and uh, it was easy to kind of uh, to start that and to you know pick up some some uh, attention that way you know it was within days that I I went I went public on it you know I had the the Philadelphia the Philly.com blogger uh, like post like why are you here when you can be re- re- reading where to get cheap beer and it was a Friday afternoon post and, and traffic went up and then next week you know the Metro which kind of in the way inspired this like reached out like hey we want to do an interview and all of a sudden it was off and running and uh, you know to the point where it did, did become my full time job it was really I mean everything kind of fell in line didn't it yeah and if one if your car wasn't in the shop you may have not ever been on the bus right right I, I love just understanding how everything just starts to fall into place yeah what was it though you know when you started with that part with FUBU's, not the starting point, but the recognition that I'm really onto something. What was it like for you for that? Well, it was really, it, it was interesting because I, it was also like a kind of a weird time in, in the uh, Philadelphia media landscape and the media landscape in general. Um, and, you know, I was like, basically I was trying to get it turn a trickle into a, a daily stream of a blog you know there were there was my weekly sources Philadelphia Weekly City Paper uh, Michael Klein at the Inquirer once a week would have his food call and I was trying to do this every day and kind of stretch that out and uh, manage that trickle and but I also thought like I don't have the connections to like the uh, Drew Laser City Paper was there at the time like so as soon as he wants to do a daily blog I'm, I'm screwed I'm out and what happened was they did start a, a daily blog and my page views went up and I'm like well this is really cool and all but as soon as like Philly.com starts doing a daily food blog I'm done and then they did and page views went up and so you know that, which kind of has always been one of my my favorite phrases is that you know rising tide raises all ships and uh, many years later uh, some some very nice people in the restaurant industry have said that you know without FUBU's we have been yelling into an empty room and you gave us someone to talk to and then I, I in turn was able to turn it into an audience so it was really wild it was it was a moment of, of that time. I don't know you could do it now. It'd be very different. Like now, I, I went from, you know, when I when I started FUBU, it was a trickle, a trickle of information, and I was trying to turn it into a stream. And then when social media just really took off, and uh, you know, when I, I had a there was a FUBU MySpace page. Like that's how long ago we're talking here. And then, but twi- Twitter. See, I thought you were going to say it was AOL.com, and you no, had a, no, I had a room. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not quite that long ago, but. Uh, yeah, so I think what I think what you had established yourself was you became a trusted source, right? Right. And I think that's that part to say, well, in a sea of podcasts, mm-hmm. 
I don't want to get started because who wants to listen? I mean, that's the, yeah. the, that, that's the idea in somebody's mind. Look, you're representing all these businesses here, right? right. Somebody can say there are so many bourbons or so many Pennsylvania rise on the market. Why do I want to create another one? Or sure. who would want to purchase mine? But the reality of it is you get to put your own character, your own stamp on it. Yeah. And just because you're a new distillery or a new brewery, I mean, we just had Artillery Brewing on, and they're only open for two months. Okay. Now, yeah. but here's what can be said about them. What they're producing is phenomenal beer. Yeah. And had they never taken the step from becoming home brewers to brewing, right. we would not have had that experience. So for you... Yeah. Not having at least started to have conversations and putting that information out, right? It's it, the timing. It's it's crazy. I mean, somebody could say, "I I I'm afraid to open in the rating terminal market because that's the big leagues." Yeah. Who am I? I'm just cooking at home and and making quinoa. I don't know whatever it is. <laughs> from Fubu's, yep. Where did you go from there? So from the from there, uh, uh, eventually my full time job realized that they were paying me for a different full time job. So they're like, why, why don't you uh, take that bus one last time <laughs> okay. and head home? And I was like, great. It was February 2010. I had just gotten a serious girlfriend, had to tell her whole family. Like, I'm like, oh, by the way, that, that guy that had the job, he doesn't have a job. But uh, I'm like, I'm going to try to do this on my own, uh, see what happens. And we were coming out of the Great Recession. Uh, so there was a little bit of advertising money was, was to be made. And then, you know, it's like, what I realized is I was going to have to add a second vertical. That meant I was going to have to go to a second city and do food, or could I do art, could I do real estate in Philadelphia, something like that. And so I was weighing the pros and cons of that. I could be still be a single person and do two verticals, and maybe that would work in, in Philly without stretching myself too thin, or go, like, let's say, to D.C., where everybody's transient anywhere, so it doesn't really matter if you're local or not, because no one is. So that was my thoughts. But then... Uh, uh, Philadelphia Magazine, Tom McGrath, the, the editor at the time, like ha, had been on a uh, like a an executive retreat kind of thing, and they said like, "Come with one crazy idea do you guys think we should do." And his was, "Well, we should buy food boots." And so we had already had a little bit of a partnership. They 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 realized that I was actually bringing real traffic when they broke a great story about Jose Garces opening Garces Trading Company. He was going to have a miniature wine shop run by the state inside his store and they ran it as like hey isn't this amazing we were gonna have this like great wine shop and a jose garces restaurant i'm like wait is that fair tree is down the street they don't have that advantage like why is the government now favoring specific local businesses and the conversation all happened on fubu's you know people would go and click and, and they got all the traffic from that so they realized that i was doing some some legit numbers at that point and so uh, I was also at that point at the end of the year looking to move in with my girlfriend and and the thoughts of being like freelancer, freelance blogger when like applying for an apartment uh, contract. Or on the you know. application, it looks yeah, a little sketchy. Was, yeah, so I was like, wait, we're Philadelphia Magazine. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. So uh, I negotiated myself onto their payroll and uh, like got to write about food and drink for a good six plus years. And, uh, you know, be involved in, in magazine writing and all sorts of things I never thought I'd do. What was your experience? I mean, and drawing this back into the craft, you know, craft experience, mm -hmm. what, you know, what 
did you start to learn or start to understand or start to desire about the craft industry that, that really resonated with you? Well, I mean, the, I guess the authenticity of it, you know, that really to, to be in the same room, to have, you know, the chef that made that dish, who came up with that dish, like put it in front of you and, and explain it to you. And the same with that brewer, you know, and go to that brewer and see him stirring stuff and then see him delivering it, you know, like a, the early days of like yards and uh, like, you know, places like that and victory. Like I had gone to all those those bars and restaurants and uh, met all those guys when they were just you know, just starting out. So it was, you could have done a local brewery tour in a day or two. And, yeah. and today, yeah, yeah, you need it. I don't even think you could do it in a month around here anymore. No, nah, no way. <laughs> Which is a good tribute to yeah. the Philly scene and, you know, craft of whatever is being done. From the Philadelphia Magazine, where did that take you? Well, I mean, that was uh, it was a great ride. Uh, it, it taught me a few things. Uh, you know, what, what basically when I started the site, I called it an advocacy site. Uh, that, like, my job was kind of to promote the platform of Philadelphia restaurants and bars. Uh, you know, Philadelphia Magazine has a different uh, message and that they are the expert. And by then... Maybe I was. My, my initial idea was I'm not the expert. I Because people were like, oh, when are you going to start reviewing restaurants? I'm like, you shouldn't care what I say. I'll link to people you should care about. And I have to tell you something. Dawn and I talk about this all the time. When we do this, I'm, I don't know anything. Right. I, I, I'm not the expert. I mean, I taste things. I smell things. Yeah. I can get essences and see things. But who am I? Right, right. Is that the kind of feeling you that had? Was, like, that was exactly the feeling. But it's, I had it's not initially. that. What is that? That, that pretend or that? What, that that uh, imposter? Yeah, the imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome. It wasn't. No, it wasn't I don't that. think it's that. I think it's knowing yourself right, and right. saying, "I don't think it's my place right. to review somebody or tell." It's like, you know, Picasso sucks. Right. Well, that's what they said back in the day when sure. Picasso was alive. Mm-hmm. Think about what happened. What would happen if they just kind of just kept their you know, opinion and just understood that let everybody get a chance to give right. their own review. And yeah. is that how you felt? Uh, yeah, that was definitely how I felt at the be- at, the, at the beginning, for sure. Um, but, you know, people started asking me my opinion more and more. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I remember I was at a, did a panel in front of uh, some Dre- Drexel Hospitality students, and uh, there was somebody who was on the... On the uh, one of the teachers, and he was kind of pontificating about who who should be allowed to uh, review a restaurant and and how they, they they should have been in the kitchen at some point. They should know how service white glove service works and all this stuff. And then later on, somebody asked me my favorite restaurant or my and I we always would change that to like my favorite recent restaurant experience was that way I could get off the hook of having a favorite and a little bit a little good for objectivity and all that. So, so what I what I then was like describing this great meal I had recently, and the same pontificating professor is nodding in furious agreement, and I'm like, oh, what does my opinion matter now that you agree with it? <laughs> and that was like kind of like it, I didn't really mean to put him in his place that badly, but I am a Philly kid through and through, so sometimes you got to have a that little attitude. Out. Yeah, yeah, that comes so, out. So uh, I, I tossed that at him, and I also kind of thought, like, wait, you know what? Maybe my opinion does matter a little, and that was something I got to refine while I was at Philly Mag, definitely. So, um, you know, and, like, that, that is always part, part of what, 
you do you do have a personal opinion, and, and there was definitely things I I loved and um, I was a big fan of. But you know, but being a Philly guy, and what I what resonates with me there, Art, is that you're championing and helping to take something in a direction right. that you feel would be beneficial to the industry as a whole, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not that you're just you're out for an, a vendetta. A vendetta. No, right. not for a vendetta or even right. like. I mean, because, like, but but there are there are reviewers that have that reputation. I guess. And I guess. I think most of them, if you're a professional reviewer, I, I don't I don't think that's true. Uh, air quotes on professional. Well, yeah, I mean, like if we, <laughs> we can we can talk about uh, influencers if you want. Right. I mean, like maybe I was like one of the original, but like I never. You never. I, it was influencer wasn't a thing back then. No, no, but you know, like some of that, like having seen that in like other roles, I'm like, really? This is what we think we should be focusing on? But, you know, that's, that's either here, like, here yeah. either here or there. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure out where the conversation goes next. So, <laughs> you talked about um, some experience in the craft spirit industry. Right. What's some, what are some of the things you've done with that? Well, you know, like, as you said, the, um, the, you know, like, I was very interested in, in raising, the, that raising all ships thing, like, to, to kind of put a spotlight on uh, you know people are doing great stuff and and trying to make sure that they're recognized for it so that that's something that has been reoccurring in my uh, in my positions at, at Philly Mag the way I got into the craft spirits thing was a, it was a pretty funny story um, Jason Sheehan was the was the food editor and he and I shared a tiny little office that two people shouldn't be sharing and uh, but we, we made it work. Uh, there was a small divider in between us and a bar. And, you know, sometimes we would get sent samples and stuff. And we were basically down to, like, the cotton candy vodkas of the world. And we were like, how are we going to reload on this? Uh, how do we reload our bar? Like, how can we get this? I'm like, well, you know, there's these, these like, local distilleries are popping up. Like, maybe we should pitch doing a story for the magazine of like the best local spirits and Jason was like yeah that's a great idea intern and we had our <laughs> intern come over running over and she did a great job she reached out to all of the local distilleries now that we again, knew what, of. what year what year is this so this is probably 2014 all right so 2014 you had yeah, we had Rob, like, Rob Castle sure he was Philadelphia distilling at the time yep well um, let's see he was he had New Liberty yeah, he was in New Liberties yep. then. That's um, um, what was he? Philadelphia Distilling was up in yeah, Northeast, so it was Philly, in the Northeast area. Philly. It was like Dad's Hat. It was yes. Mattatani. It was Bluebird. Um, Row House was there. Dean Brown. That, that was. I can't wait for his new location. I know. And getting I know. that all well, squared away. I feel like it's. His new location is at the East Falls Farmers Market. No, I know. Yeah. And I, I like to go visit him there too. So, like, uh, it's a good, good way to. But I miss his whole. I miss all of his expressions. I know. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, still, you get a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. But so. still, those unique ones that would pop up every once in a while. Yep. But you know, 2014. We're you know, they're you're right. I mean, yeah. they're. I would say there's probably like at least eight to ten times the number of sure. places now than there were there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we um, we got these things in. They were mainly white spirits. There wasn't a whole lot of brown stuff yet because it was all brand new. Uh, so. We started, we grabbed a bottle of Row House, and, and Jason and I poured each other, gave ourselves a little cheers, and we both sat back in our seats where we couldn't see each other with the divider in between us, and we took a sip. 
And I, t- I had my sip, and I thought, it was Roadhouse Gin, as I said, and uh, I'm like, this is good. Quietly, I'm thinking, like, this is good, but it's not just good because it's local, it's just good. I'm like, this is this is cool, you know, and that's kind of like the, the music starts to, like, the crescendo starts to rise, and you're like, oh, yeah. And then I'm, like, lo- looking over the divider, just waiting for Jason, who has an opinion on everything, and it's the silence, and I'm just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm like, well, what's he gonna say? I'm like, oh, God, maybe he hates it. And so then I, like, roll forward, and I see him looking, waiting for me, and I'm like, hey, this is good. And he goes, yeah, but not just because it's local, it's just really good. And we were kind of like, yeah, all right. We don't have to write about all these other things that were pitched to, to us is that, that maybe we should start focusing on. So we were like, all right, now we're on, we're on to something here. That's a magical moment. Yeah. And that, for us, I can I understand that story because that's the, that's the story, especially with Jin. Mm-hmm. That's my story with Dawn. Okay. We started with Jin. Right. And we had that same experience where... We were expecting a gin, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, like, oh, this is good. Nothing yep. like that. Yeah, nothing yeah. like that. So it really set the table for you guys, right? Yep. To say, all right, we're, we're, we have something here. Right. We don't even have to try to build it up because it's already there for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's how it uh, it got started for me. Uh, then, uh, you know, started covering craft spirits, which is kind of a regular part of what I, I did. It was also a lot of fun to go visit these places and... Uh, you know, see tiny little distilleries. That was one thing that became really obvious to me is that this was its infancy. There, you know, like you can have a home brewer, but a, a home distiller is still a federal crime. Uh, that's called bootlegging. That's that's illegal. So everybody, most of the people I saw were starting out were were starting very small. So uh, you know, but by 2016, I was I was looking around, going, I worked for a magazine in 2016. This doesn't seem like a growth industry like what am I going to do next and having seen craft beer and covering craft beer I, I was like okay I think I want to be involved in craft distilling how and you know kept like had reached out to people and talked to uh, uh, Andrew from Philadelphia Distilling and he said hey there's this guy in Pittsburgh he's trying to open his own like private liquor store I'm like well that's crazy that's impossible <laughs> and uh, so I read a, an article about Christian and uh, kept looking for different opportunities, but as I said, it was like pretty. They were pretty small. Everybody was, and then I was out with a friend of mine who was helping out Manitani Stillworks, and they were talking about opening a place on Passyunk Avenue. And he, you know, he said to me like, "Hey Art, uh, who do you think we should have run our tasting room?" And my my wife, I guess she was my wife at that point. Maybe just yeah, she's my wife at that point. And uh, she goes. Uh, how about art? And so he's like, well, what, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really actually actively looking to be involved in craft distilling somehow. Uh, so we went back and forth and like, do I want to be, uh, do I, I didn't have the experience to be a day-to-day uh, tasting room manager, but, you know, I thought I could bring a lot of other, all the connections I've made over the years, all the, all the, all the bars I've sat at and <laughs> watched the, the, the purchaser there and made friends with them and stuff like that. So, uh, kind of crafted my own role to be the Philadelphia manager for Manitani and to oversee the opening of that tasting room and then uh, retail and adding like outside sales to their their everything that they were doing. So yeah, when the, that was 
how I got into it. So, which really, I mean, it set the table. As you said, you heard about PA libations, yeah, but you really, it was too new for them at the time, right? Yeah, and it didn't, it wasn't going to fit at the time, yeah. But Manitani comes up, and it gives you the ability to learn that side of the industry, right? To understand how to communicate the spirits, and as the tasting room manager, you're creating cocktails and yep. you know all the mixers and things like that. So. This is really the role and the time frame you were supposed to follow to yeah. get to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, it really was made a whole, whole lot of sense, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been a, a blast. Of course. <laughs> what are you most excited about with PA libations? I mean, you know, what's really like now you're into this. What's getting you out of bed in the morning? What are you looking forward to? I mean, all of it. I, I want to meet every producer. There's, you know, like uh, so many of them, especially because of this this whole pandemic. Uh, I've only met through email so far, so it's going to be great to have them come in to learn more about who they are, what they're making, uh, what makes them unique, and what makes them tick. That and and to you know, once again, give a platform to showcase all, all these producers and what they're making. So. It's, it's kind of a repeat in a way, but it's a pretty good repeat. Repeat how? Well, it's like, because like once upon a time I started FUBU's and it was to give a platform for all these great restaurateurs and, and chefs, and now I'm doing it again, but it's going to be Pennsylvania producers and it's going to be at the Reading Terminal Market. You know, it's, it's one of the three addresses that really matter in Philadelphia. There's Independence Hall, there's here, and maybe, all right, two. So... <laughs> You mean the Italian market doesn't okay, come in? Okay, the Italian market yeah. works. And, and then the, the steps at the art museum? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right, yeah, we can go on. Right, all right, we got a few. Maybe but, there's but, more. Right, we thought, yes. Right. But, yeah, if you ask visit Philadelphia, this is one of the places that people come to. Everybody comes to. But it's not just Wow, well, the people at Alpha Sally are now pissed off at us. Oh, I know. Well, you know, if they want to open a tasting room, we do a basement, like, a Continental Congress speakeasy or something like that, you know? I think that's so. That's a great. <laughs> all right. So, so you just planted the seed sure. for the next opportunity, right. which they'll open up and find a room somewhere in the uh, Independence Hall, where now there's a speakeasy in Independence right. Hall. Yeah, we get Nicholas Cage just come up to the opening, and it, uh, well, they the just uh, well, oh, and I'm I'm gonna add. Uh, they just we just closed uh, the tavern. Oh yeah, city tavern. Yeah, yeah, the city tavern. So maybe that's the next that that could be the speakeasy yeah. spot. Yeah, we'll get Nicholas Cage to come in and. Uh, you know, he'll come in his, uh, you know, National Treasure outfit. Yep. And we'll come up with some sort of concept there. We can make it work. So, this is going to open, soft open, the PA Libations in yep. the Reading Terminal Market. Soft opening you're shooting for right now is... In time for uh, Father's Day weekend, you know, it's a, it's a great time to do some shopping for Dad and uh, get him some whiskey or nice bottle of uh, red wine or to go with his steak dinner that night you know whatever it may be Art so. how many how many how many distilleries or how many um, what's how many are going to be represented here so we have a we have 20 producers I think right now or maybe 19 19 to 20 it's you know there's some like when people come yeah. when are they going to come are they going to be here for day one or not but basically it's a, it's about 12 12 distilleries, 8 wineries, maybe 7 wineries now, so I think that's where we are right now. So, that, but they all have like varying amounts of products, so like from maybe 2 to, to 12. So we, we have a, like over 100 different products here, uh, and you know, it's going to be a lot of learning. I think I'm, I've got my reading every night, 
now now that we got some things out of boxes, I'll have somebody drinking every night. So, but you know, trying to. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Now that you've right. been learning, now that you've been drinking, talk about maybe one of those producers that you're that's kind of caught your attention that you're really fascinated sure. by. Uh, well, one, uh, and they're all your favorite children. I right, get they it. Are, but, right, but, but talk they're... about the one that's excelling right now. Well, I'll talk about Thistlefinch. Thistlefinch is in uh, in Lancaster, and you know during the pandemic, like to get out of town a couple times, my wife and I we escaped to Lancaster. You know, we would look at the Jersey Shore; it was ridiculously overpriced. Like New York didn't seem like the place to go. Like where can we go? And, and Lancaster had been on our uh, our list for a long, long time. And so we finally pulled the trigger, went out there, had a really lovely weekend uh, in and I guess uh, over yeah over the summer last year. And it was although more of a city than I actually re- re- expected it to be because I thought I'd be getting away from fireworks and and motorbikes, and they were there too. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, but. It was that still seemed nice. to be that everybody was doing fireworks oh, yeah. and motorbikes. Yeah. So we had all that, and then uh, like went went back, went, went to Thistle Finch, and uh, had their their black pepper whiskey in a really the most awesome old fashioned maybe I've ever had. So went back for our anniversary in October and had a few more of those old fashions and just. Really, just that's the one that's like kind of. Uh, We're big fans of the black pepper and the coffee. That yeah, they yeah, do. the coffee. And you have an eye both, opener. You have them yeah. both on the shelf here. Yeah, the, the coffee was an early eye opener to me. That was uh, also like that got me excited by their uh, uh, square one coffee, which is another Lancaster uh, like original. And so, you know, like that's that was where we had to get our our coffee every morning when we were there. Yeah, uh, the, the other ones, you know, it's it's. That I'm most excited by are places you know I've I've had a day trip or a, an overnight trip like the but the Maggie's Farms rums out of uh, uh, Pittsburgh I mean they win all the awards uh, but they also are just a it's a really cool place if you get to go you know they've got a, an amazing bar they've got a huge their cocktail program is, yeah. is is phenomenal yeah we had a whole afternoon of ideas of where we were going next and like the. The, the brewery and then the cider we were going to go to and then we were going to go eat this whatever and it was like you know what this is pretty good we'll just hang out here then we'll go home take a nap then we'll go to dinner like that that was that became the day and you know th- those are the types of things that uh, will spur those those memories and I, I hope what it'll also do in reverse here is a little you know like if somebody gets their first taste of, of like the blackberry whiskey from Thistlefinch that will be like well I gotta go and and like I look forward to all of us being able to do that as as a as a team here to go visit these guys and then be able to tell them like well if you go to Lancaster what you also have to do is you got to get this Trinidadian food it's absolutely out of this world so like I'm not going to be that different than I've ever been like I I want all of these things to that have been my experiences to to be part of what I am sharing here yeah and if you become big fans of these craft producers they're going to have these limited batch productions sure that you can only get there too yeah so. So there's more to be enjoyed from these producers, right. and as you said, you make it a day. Oh yeah, you know you well, talk you guys about do it all. Yeah, the time. you talk about Lancaster. I mean, our getaway for the pandemic was going to Gettysburg, right? Right. And you know, it was less crowded. We got to you know really enjoy the downtown, like you said, mm-hmm. lots of walking. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Mason Dixon Distilleries there, right. and. Um, I always leave people out, but that's okay. But, know, but that's the thing. There's so much to explore out there, especially in the craft world. Right. Just go. 
Yeah. But yeah. start here. Yeah, now, now try something and then you know what you're going to have. Right. I, and, you know, I think especially Philadelphians, it's, it's tough to get us to, to leave the 191s or 215s, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, like it's worth it. And I think maybe that's one of the other benefits of the pandemic is that we have re-embraced the day trip and the, and the exploring our own neck of the woods. So this is another way of doing it. We'll do it right here at Pennsylvania Libations and we'll, you know, hopefully send people excited out into the into the yonder, yonder the hinterland. Area. We'll go back to the hinterlands. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to the hinterlands. So, is there anything that we hadn't touched on that you would hope that people would know about you or Pennsylvania Libations? Um, I should, I should, I'd probably give them a short shrift to the wineries, which uh, I don't really want to do because it, the, the surprising thing, I think, to a lot of Pennsylvanians even, is that we make good wine in this state. We also make a lot of wine. We make more wine in Oregon. Did you know that? No, I didn't know uh, that. We did. We were like number four, so it's like basically California, Washington, New York, and then Pennsylvania. So we, we make a lot. So And there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, that was one of the things that I had to learn when I was in uh, the running Manitoni Stillworks is one of the great things as I said about, talked about how you know we got to open our own place but they little curveball rules even here we could only serve Pennsylvania beer sure great no problem no one's gonna be mad but we can only sell Pennsylvania wine I'm like oh what's this gonna be like and what I found is there's actually a lot of really great stuff see that's the thing you become exposed sure. to understand yep. that wow there is a lot of good stuff here. You just have to find it or be exposed to it. Right. This is right. Yeah. It's exposure, you know, and 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 you know, kind of like there may have been some. Your maybe your first experience was was not great. I always use the the analogy is like, well, what was, what was your first experience with uh, a mushroom? It was probably a slimy thing that came out of a can and it snuck on your pizza and you didn't want it. And wow. Like, you, I don't. You, you had my mom's cooking too, didn't you? <laughs> but you were like, I don't like mushrooms. Right. Right, and then you like years later you come back and you're like, oh well, this mataki mushroom is just like amazing thing and blah blah blah. But like you need to be re-exposed to it. You just can't like that first maybe like overly sweet or weird kind of you know 10, 15 years ago wine you had isn't representative anymore. So try it again. People can find you on social media. Yes. Where do they find you? It's uh, PA Libations Philly, and that's on both uh, Instagram and. Facebook. And there's the website you go to yep. and it'll now have the two locations. Oh, yeah. The one in Pittsburgh and the one in Philadelphia. Three, if you think about it, because the, the wine slash uh, events kind of spot is another is is a separate location there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So much to look forward to. Absolutely. And I, I here's what I know. People are going to come in. Right. They're going to start having conversations with you. Oh, yeah. And they're really going to learn and enjoy the experience just as they have over the last 15 years, 16 years, yeah. with you introducing people in Philly to all great things. So here's what you're doing. You just continue to introduce people in Philly to yeah. all great things. And this is a great thing. I agree. Come on out and see art. Come out and see all the gang here now at Pennsylvania Libations. You're going to enjoy coming here. You're going to find some great things. And we look forward to having you back on the podcast and just enjoy on. different conversations yeah. as we go. This is, I think Dawn had to kind of uh, reel me in as far as my excitement to meet with you and all that <laughs> stuff. So thank you very much for your oh, time absolutely. today. This great. has been awesome. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Brewskits. Beer, grain, dog, bones, brewskits. Your dog will go wild. Brewskits. 
Beer Green Dog Bones, a healthy alternative for your pup. Brewskits are all natural and made in the USA. Visit brewskit.com. That's B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-T dot com. <laughs>